0: Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host,
1: Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. And as some of you may know who have listened to this show, sometimes I bring up some news Articles, and what I'm going to read you now, these have all happened in the last seven to ten days. So one of them, a Denison pastor takes a plea deal in a federal child porn case. Court documents say Pettigrew admits to annoyingly recording minors with Ryder at locations in Collin and Grayson counties, including at his own church. And then another recent news release, a former Lubbock Christian school president will be on house arrest for the time being after pleading guilty to federal child pornography charges. Another one, a Florida youth pastor at Calvary Baptist Church who was previously accused of hiding a camera in a church bathroom has now been charged with possession of child porn. Mm. Another one, church leader, age 32, sacked after having an affair with a married woman, bullying his girlfriend and fondling himself in front of female colleagues while offering banjo lessons to pay his bills. Uh, A couple more. A Forsyth County Baptist pastor was arrested on additional child porn charges. Um, And another. Parents are outraged after a school shows their first graders sex ed videos about masturbation. And then last one. A former leader of the Salvation Army is now facing federal child porn charges in addition to a state charge after law enforcement officials seized 46 electronic items from the organization's camp earlier this month. And what I see a lot of or you're beginning to see a lot of in social media and Christian news is hey, we're covid's about run its course, we're good now, we're meeting, we're going back to church and We can go back to normal, right? We're going back to the movie theaters. We're going back to sporting events, and we're we're all good, right? And people, the things that happened last year where they were burning down the country, those have not changed. The evil that has taken ground in our country, it has not gone away. It's just regrouping for the next hit. It was just back in January 6th where the the Capitol in Washington, D.C. was overrun, and I'm reading these articles to help you understand the sexual Sin in the church has not gone away either. It's multiplying and increasing. These are daily articles. These are daily occurrences in churches all over the country just in the last 7 to 10 days. We need a sense of urgency that this has to be opened up. Why? Because it is destroying lives. So now that I got you all fired up, (laughs) today I welcome back Gene Landers and his wife Chris. Thank you for joining me on the show.
2: Thank you, Mike.
1: So, Chris, we're just going to get started and uh, have you pick up and share your story. Last week, Gene shared his part, um, his battles and overcoming and how Jesus touched his life. And and we talked a bit about how it's so critical to to minister to the couple, not just the man. And so... Chris, take it away.
2: Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's um, really devastating when you find out that your spouse is doing porn. I remember um, before I found out about Jean, this was about two years into our marriage, but I had just said to a friend of mine, um, I know that my husband would never cheat on me. I just know I feel secure in that. And I, I really did. I had no thoughts, I had no clues in any way. And then one day, I just found, um, so I had a, my own personal computer, and then one that we shared in our office at home. And I found, I went into that one, and on um, some, a whole page of porn popped up. And I just thought, what is this? And it's so shocking uh, to a wife to see th- those images, I started shaking from the inside out, like, it just sends shockwaves through your body. And So I was looking at it and, um, I waited for Gene to come home and just tried to ask him really calmly. I showed him, I saved it and showed him. And so he said, um, yeah, I know. I saw that. It popped up on my computer too. And I asked him, like, you didn't, you didn't look at it, right? I mean, you didn't go into the site or anything. And he said, no, I didn't. And, and I like made him swear (laughs) and he, he swore because, you know, what I found out later is that when someone's in their addiction, they're they're not walking in the spirit of truth. You know, they're not uh, honest until they get to that point when God just touches their heart for them to be. So a short time later, I saw it again, and I was like, what is going on? So I showed him again, and he goes, babe, it just keeps popping up on my computer. And I go, it's not popping up on my computer, so <laughs> I don't know how this is happening so I just started praying for the Lord to just show me the truth because I really I didn't know. I, I mean, I just really didn't know anything about that world. Um, and because Jesus is the truth and he wants us to walk in the truth and uh, know the truth, uh, as Gene shared last week, he we had a big fight one night and he had done some things. And um, so the Lord just showed me, and that actually I don't think was the first time, and um, because uh, addiction, it, especially sexual addiction, it progresses, so it might just start out looking, and then that's not enough as addictions go. And so um, we, we separated for a couple weeks, and um, I went and stayed with my brother. And so we had a – I looked online for, um, for help like I just wanted to find somebody that like dealt with stuff like this a counselor or something and so this was back in 08 and there may have been help I just couldn't find it and so I had a girlfriend and she um said Well, I know a couple, and they have like a deliverance ministry. So if you want, I'll get you in touch with them. So I said, sure, because that's what he needs, right, deliverance. So I'm thinking they're just going to pray a prayer over him, and then we'll be good. So we we (laughs) went to them, and I shared what was going on, and then Gene shared his side of the story, and he was not walking in truth yet. So the husband said to me, I really believe Gene. And I was super devastated. So he was lying, saying he was at this place, th- but he wasn't doing anything, blah, blah. Anyway, the guy believed him. And I felt hopeless because I thought, they don't even believe, they don't even believe this is going on, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, um, then my same friend, she sent us to an, another couple for counseling and they were, um, pastors. And, um, yeah, they suggested that I, have more sex with my husband like no kidding and we were we drove two separate cars there and we left i called gene and i go i am never going back there again and he goes i loved them (laughs) so that's where we were at so we got back together so what happened is what gene shared last week i i really wanted to hear from the lord and i had a we both had a really good friend and I went to him and I shared everything because he he uh, really walks with the Lord. And I wanted to not hear from a girlfriend that's like, yeah, just leave him. I mean, I really wanted to hear. And my friend said to me one of the most profound things anybody's ever said. He said, Chris, you need to hear from Jesus because God is the only one that knows if Gene is going to allow him to heal him. Because I had scriptural grounds for divorce. And so anyway, I – um. I really felt like the Lord say he wanted me to stay. So uh, we didn't have any real help, but we just stayed and tried to uh, stay together, tried to put that behind us and just go on. And it was difficult because trust had been broken. You know, being sexually intimate was difficult um, because of images I now had in my head. And we didn't, know what we were doing we did have a really good foundation of love in our relationship and of friendship and fun and we think each other's hilarious and so we had we had a good foundation at least i think that helped us but anyway um eventually Jean got a job in pasadena which we're from california so we had talked about maybe moving back so we went there and um I think it was a couple years into being there, I started finding evidence again that he was doing stuff. So this time I was just done. And I just I called my old boss here in Arizona and said, you know, can I come back to work? And she said yes. And so um, that was it. And so I just, that was, I was totally done until um, the Lord said to me, you can leave him if you want. But I have a better way. And I open up my Bible, and I promise, hand to God, I opened it to 1 Corinthians 13, which we all know is the chapter on love, right? And the last verse, actually, in 12 says, and now let me show you a more excellent way, or the most excellent way. So... The Lord just said to me, if you can speak in the tongues of men and of angels, and if you can prophesy and understand all mysteries and have all knowledge, and if you have so much faith, you can say to a mountain, move from here to there, and it actually moves, but you don't have love, then it's like a bunch of... Noise like it doesn't profit anything because love has to be demonstrated, like Jesus demonstrated His love on the cross. And every time I opened my Bible, it would just open there for for days. And then the Lord brought me to first First John three sixteen, and that and this says, um, "This is how we know what love is: that Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our life for our brothers." and so um that was what made me just stay and we uh in pasadena we happened to um i don't know if we'd already gone to this church or we found this church called christian assembly and they happened (laughs) by the sovereignty of god to have a ministry uh to men there that were struggling with pornography and a ministry to wives um that had been betrayed by their spouse and um so we, we both went. And something that God really gave to me as a gift uh, is that Gene wanted healing, and he wanted freedom. And I know every every man doesn't, or they're just maybe not at that place yet. But he did want to break free. And so uh, he went to his group, and um, I went to mine. And the first day that I was there, I just couldn't speak. I mean, I was so filled with um, pain and anger and disappointment and um just hopelessness and um because now we'd already been a couple years into this journey and it's still happening and so um in our group it was called betrayal and beyond we met with a pastor and then we split up into small groups and the woman at my group she said um if you will let god into this really horrible, awful mess that you're in, that he can turn it into something really beautiful. And he will take all this pain and just turn it around. And she said, you can have such a deep, um, intimate walk with the Lord and the most intimacy you've never even dreamed of with your spouse if you'll just let God into this. And then I just started sobbing because I thought, if God can take this, Mess and turn it into something beautiful and something hopeful. Then I'm in, you know. So, um, so we started doing the hard work. We did our classes. We got a Christian uh, counselor who, who understood. uh, He had his own journey out of pornography, so he understood how to counsel us and stuff. And uh, and it it has been a journey, but you know because it really does take time to rebuild trust and we did things that like Jean talked about last week about putting blocks on his phone and one of our pastors suggested we get friend finder so we could i could see where he is and he said I'll do it i mean he wanted healing and so um yeah so we've worked really Hard at that, and so and so. I was going to share what he shared last week, but one day we were in a class at this church, and they were talking about grace, and um, Gene was taking feverish notes. And class was over, and he was still writing. And I was talking to people, and people were leaving. He was still writing, and I said, "Honey, what are you writing?" And he said, "I'll share with you after." And um, what it was was that something God let something go that he knew about grace in his head. He'd read about it in the word, but it never penetrated his heart until another human being actually showed him grace. Mm. And then somehow God just helped him make that connection. And so we feel a lot of hope that God um, can restore marriages. I know that sometimes it doesn't happen, but I know he's able and, um, that it's his heart's desire to to do that. And so, yeah, so just as Jean starting um, a group at our church, um, I just, I don't know what ours would look like yet, but I just want to be available for wives whose hearts have been betrayed that don't feel like they have anyone to talk to or anywhere to go and just, you know, need a place, a safe place to go and begin the healing process.
1: Mm. <clears throat> How long would you say the recovery and healing process took for both of you?
2: Um, till now. <laughs> 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 because um, because what Jean shared, too, is that um, I think when you think that you're – because you don't want to do it anymore and you think you're doing good, and then just a billboard you'll drive by or a commercial will come on and um, – I hope you don't mind if I share this, but, I mean, he he told me the other day, like, he saw this girl, you know, out at our pool, and he and he took a second look. And he said, you know, I've been reading in Mike's book that um, – what did you say, honey, that you –
3: Turn and connect.
2: Yeah, you got to turn and connect because those things are going to happen. And so, um, I mean, it took – I would say it took a couple years of walking – But I believe he was walking in purity. Our counselor told us it's not going to be just an upward, you know, journey. Like, you're just going to get better and better and better because that's our life in Christ. Like, we take two steps forward and one back and three forward and one back. So we get a little bit ahead. But um, so so it wasn't perfect, you know, but – I think – I think, uh, and we did separate a second time, too, in that story somewhere because I had found porn again. But um, I, I think, like, he's, he's done so good for two or three, maybe even four years now. Um, but all of those – you know, our communication is better and we're able – like, he was able to tell me I saw that girl. I saw her, too. Like, you know, God created us. To look at beauty, I notice a beautiful woman. I'll think like, oh, how can I look like her, <laughs> you know? Um, but, um, but I love that we're able to talk about it. We're able to talk now that, you know, something caught my eye or I'll see him at, like, um, commercials look away. Things that have created trust in me again. So I would say that probably took... You know, a couple years, and we had to talk a lot. And Jean wanted to just be like, I said I was sorry. And, you know, but I said, No, the damage is done. And it's a process now, because you know, th- your husband just wants you to be over it. And I didn't like beat him over the head with it. But there's so much pain. You know, it's a real process for the wives. It just doesn't, you know, happen overnight. It takes time.
1: Yeah, and unfortunately, sometimes we see the philosophy that if you just have the right teaching or the right doctrine or the right Bible verses and, well, ping, mm-hmm. you'll be instantly better. But right. I wish I could say that was true, but right. <laughs> there's a battle against the flesh and the enemy. Mm-hmm.
2: That's why when I thought like, oh, we'll just go get prayer. I mean, prayer is an important part of our healing, but um, but this just doesn't go away with a prayer, you know. Um, like most things don't you know this is something i think really embedded in in our makeup once we have opened ourselves up to pornography and uh and it's a process and a journey out of that and it's not just okay i'll pray for you so which is what i think happens at church a lot
1: talk a little bit about um how a husband's porn use affects the wife. Is it adultery? Is it a problem? Some people don't think it is.
2: Well, the Bible says um, if a man looks at a, another woman with lust in his heart, he's already committed adultery in his heart. And so um, I think that it is. It does so much damage. It makes a woman feel like I'm not enough, you know, like I'm not pretty enough, I'm not skinny enough, I must not be, you know, sexual, like, please him sexually enough? Like, why, why does he feel the need to look? And um, what I've discovered is that it doesn't have anything to do with me, because this started in his life when he was very young. And I think it starts in most men's life when they're very young. I personally haven't heard of anyone say, you know, at 40 years old, I start looking at porn. I mean, maybe, but I don't know anybody <laughs> that's happened to. So, um, but yeah, it really... It makes you feel not not beautiful and not wanted, and um, there's just a lot of damage, so when a man thinks like i 'm not hurting anybody i 'm just looking, even if you 're not married you're you 're hurting your future wife because um because Yeah, because God's going to bring it out eventually. And you're not – because he thought, well, I'll just be over it when I get married because then I'll, you know, be able to have sex anytime I want. And so it won't be a problem, but it's a much deeper problem than that.
1: So you guys got some advice that, well, you just need to have sex more to fix Gene's <laughs> problem. And Gene, why does that not work? You know,
3: because uh, – A lustful heart is never satisfied. That's right. Never. I mean, my wife is gorgeous, but you could have the most beautiful wife in the world, but Mm -hmm. if your heart is filled with lust, um, that's not going to go away, and that that won't solve the answer. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why, like, you know— Beautiful celebrity women, you would think, oh, my gosh, how can their husband cheat on them? But it's what you said. It's a lust problem. It's not mm-hmm. not that they're not, you know, everything that a husband would want. It's a, just a deeper issue.
1: And I've heard we've, other people have come to us for help Have said, hey, we got this advice that the wife just gives the husband more sex. Boom, he'll be fine. And Chris, has that kind of put that on the wife that it's her fault?
2: Yeah, it, yeah, and then what happened too? At first, because at first I thought, okay, but I don't really want to have sex with him now because he's done all this other stuff, you know. And so now my head is filled with that, and so it's a it's a very. But you think, okay, I should, because maybe he'll stop looking. I mean, we, we really didn't know. And so until you get some really uh, wise counsel and start going through the healing process, I, I think any woman that wants to keep her husband and, and stay married thinks that. But that's not, that's not what the problem is.
1: Well, to me, what it's really saying is that the wife's heart just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Do we want to sweep this under the rug and— mm-hmm quick fix and be done with it and <clears throat> when i'm walking with people it's just that it's walking with people mm-hmm. and getting to know them and saying hey i'm here for you the long term if you're ready to go that far and mm-hmm. and i think we have too much of a take a pill and take a bible verse mentality in the church mm-hmm. and not understanding this takes years mm-hmm. to recover from <laughs> mm-hmm.
3: i wanted to say that um, Uh, A young man came to me recently, and I gave him the best counsel I could. And he said, well, I'm just going to trust God. I said, well, that's important, but there's steps you have to take. And I haven't seen him since. But I also know, as Chris was sharing, that um, it's a—and I had to come to this, and I believe this is, you know, when King David accepted total responsibility for his sin mm-hmm. until I had totally had a broken and contrite heart, and I saw how how much I hurt my wife, mm-hmm. and I had to assume 100% of the
1: responsibility. Um, that was a big turning point mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And the the pain that you've both been through is a big reason why I read those news stories at the beginning. And, and your story is a reason that we can't ignore people who are going through this. Mm. So what is your take when you're reading through or hearing what I was reading with the news stories and where the church is today and how there's so many people, four out of five, as you said last week, mm. in bondage?
2: Mm. Mm. I just wish um, that it wasn't a shameful thing to talk about at church, and I wish that churches would just um, step up and and have ministries that uh, reach out to people that are really struggling with pornography or they've been w- wounded by it. I think we need to do that as a body. Just become more aware. It's not that it's it's there, and we need healing. Well, thank
1: you both for joining us. I really appreciate you sharing your stories. And thank you for listening in, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: Do you want to be free?
1: Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry
0: for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona